0: Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said,
0: Welcome back, everybody, and I am here with Liz Hernandez Hanna. She works at Cal State Dominguez Hills and the trio student support services program how you doing liz
1: good morning mike good to see you
0: yeah, it's good to see you here thank you very much for showing up today that's really this tell me about your work what is this what yes
1: you- so um i work for a program at cal state Dominguez uh, called trio sss or like you said student support services this program is funded through the u.s department of education And um, at Dominguez, there are nine trio programs. And so my program specifically, I'm the director of that program, we serve students who are underrepresented. So for example, um, students who are first generation, students who are low income, students who are former foster youth, and students who um, have any type of disability. And so my program provides services to them and services to help them earn a bachelor's degree. Beyond that, we motivate them, we inspire them. We are a personal and academic support system. So um, this program is very, very special to me. Um, this is a program that I was a part of back in 2010 when I was a student. So, oh, wow. um, you know, just reflecting on, on it's been nine years um, transferring to Dominguez. I am a first generation. I was like, what the heck? is going on here this was um, my first time at Dominguez Hills as a student and I needed all the support I could get and I had tons of questions too so TRIO um, they were instrumental to my success at Dominguez and here we are I'm now the director serving students um, I have an awesome team of about eight folks um, so it's just it's very purposeful Mike.
0: So how many students do you actually work with on a a regular basis?
1: Yeah, so students in my program, we serve 160. However, um, if you are, um, if we look at the students who I mentor across the campus, uh, we're looking at about over 200. Um, And like I said, because there's nine Trio programs at Dominguez Hills, collectively, we are serving about 2,300, not just at Dominguez, but in the um, local communities as well.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so are you actually working for the university itself, or is this is a separate program?
1: That's a great question, actually. I get asked that a lot. So um, I work at Cal State Dominguez Hills. I'm an employee of Cal State Dominguez Hills. However, our funding does not come from Dominguez Hills. It comes straight from the federal government. Um, so with that said, there are specific regulations that we have to adhere to, not just federal, but we're also as a director, I I'm, you know, I oversee um, and ensure that we are in alignment with all policies, federal, state, and institutional. So um, but so, I am an employee of Cal State Dominguez.
0: Well one of the better <laughs> things about it is you've gone through the experience yourself of actually getting this, Services before, before you got in here.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there, you know, going into an institution, I was um, a criminal justice major. And so there are people on campus that made an impact on me. So, Trio, I could never forget. Daniel Chambers, I could never forget Tyree Vance, I could never forget, you know, Miss Fike, she was my criminal justice advisor. These were people who made me feel welcomed, who made me, who helped me with that whole transition. Um, Speaking about me, you know, I was, I'm what you call a non-traditional student. So I was 27 years old, entering a four-year institution I was a partner, and I had two babies, and so when I first came across Trio, I was scared. And but Danielle and Tyree and Martha Clavel, they made me feel like I belonged. And when you see someone that looks like you on campus or in a new environment, you Im- naturally are attached to them, or you are drawn to them, and so. Two years later, they had—I'm telling you—they had made an impact. So it, yes, it was the program benefits, but it was really the people. Um, they challenged me. They listened to me. I wasn't just a student ID number. I was—I was Liz from Wilmington with all of these issues, and still trying to be a student, still trying to break this cycle of education. So. Um, so are you, are you the
0: first in your family to graduate college? I,
1: I am, actually. There's um, there's five of us total. Um, you know my older brother, Ruben. I'm the second oldest. Um, and then I have my little brother, Jonathan, and Osvaldo, and my 17-year-old sister. And yes, I am the first one to go to college. Um,
0: that's, that's quite an accomplishment. I, I know you, you came about going to college in a roundabout way uh you had a—I I, I remember you from Boise Ursula days so, <laughs> you know that was that was uh, oh god pretty interesting you, you know I have the advantage of knowing that you, you were on my basketball team when, yeah and that was a great team it was a good program
1: it really was and gosh you're taking me back to you know my childhood but yeah um those days of just being at the boys and girls club with you mike was um they're just memories they're beautiful memories that i have um i just remember going into that space and i remember your office and the main office and the foosball mike i was the foosball queen like i didn't let nobody beat me there was no mercy to anybody because that was like my thing but yeah basketball um coach arnold right I was your point guard. Um, those were some good, some good times.
0: That was a lot good. We, we had a championship <coughs> team there for a couple
1: Absolutely. Of years. That was good stuff. Yeah.
0: You know, then, then uh, I guess you had some problems a little bit further out in your life. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So this is all about me now. Okay. So um, I want to say when I got to Banning, but first, wait, I want to say something because When I was a a young youth and an adolescent, you know, I was named Youth of the Year at the Boys and Girls Club. And this was something that I didn't know what leadership was. I didn't know what a leader was. Um, But people there noticed traits about me. And reflecting now on being the youth of the leader, I've always been a leader. I just didn't believe it. I didn't know it. I was Mm -hmm. unaware. And so, um, you know, I have my plaque today in my office from the Wilmington Boys and Girls Club from 1995. And that's super special. I just want you to know. Um, I ended up going to high school, Banning High School. And, um, I want to say that I was very distracted. Um, I had a lot of friends. Um, I wasn't I don't think I was popular. I just I just love talking to people. Um, I loved greeting people. Um, but there was a few that were asking me, "Hey, let's let's stitch today," or "Hey, let's smoke some weed today," or "Hey." Um, the term scam was talked about a lot, and so, "Hey, you want to scam with Carlos?" And it was like, "What? What does that mean?" Or, "Or who's Carlos?" it was really immature and stupid now that as an adult, I think about it. But what ended up happening was that after ditching for so long, naturally not, I mean, when you continue to ditch high school, your academics take a toll. And so what happened was that when it was time to graduate after ditching and smoking weed and hanging out with friends that, um, I made a decision to drop out. And, you know, I think about where were my parents at? You know, why weren't they involved or why was there no focus on education? Well, I have very, very loving parents. Um, They work really hard and they've demonstrated that they are ambitious and they have excellent work ethic, but education wasn't really a priority in my home. Um, And so I know that they worked a lot. So like I said, the decision to drop out for me was easy. I just stopped going to school. And I said, well, let me get a job. And so I got hired at Home Depot.
0: I remember that I went to get some paint and you were there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, That that was such a fun job. I was mixing paint. I was teaching folks how to install ceramic tile. Um, I was teaching folks how to, you know, um, stain wood from sanding it down to using that tack cloth to staining it to the polyurethane. And not only that, I want to say Home Depot is a really great company. They actually invest in your training. They make sure that they prepare you so that when you speak to customers, you are knowledgeable. Um, it was super, super fun for me. I just, again, I have nothing but positive um, memories of that job
0: I'm sure it was I had a, almost the same experience at a company called National Lumber okay which is almost the same yeah exact thing is as,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as Home Depot there they're not around anymore but
1: yeah
0: uh, I learned a lot of stuff from there I learned how to fix all kinds of things you know but
1: yeah and after gosh after the paint department I went into the flooring department and then I went on to um gosh I was from the cashiers to the paint department to special orders. I was everywhere in that store. It was fun. So how long were you there? Gosh, I want to say I was there for about two years because shortly after I decided to walk into a strip club and become a dancer. Mm -hmm. And I remember still working at Home Depot I walked into this local strip club and I said and the owner came out and he's like can I help you and I said I want to be a dancer and I want to make money and he was like okay do you have any experience I said no I just turned 18 and um, he was I I was 18 yeah 18 and a half and he was like okay no problem honey he was like just sit for five minutes watch the girls and you'll be next and I said okay so I sat there and it was, okay, so reflecting now, right? I had entered this world. It was just a dark world because um, there was no thought in making this decision. It was just like, a, I wanna make money. Sure enough, like I was making $1,300 a night working at Home Depot, minimum wage can't even remember what what minimum wage was. Maybe ten bucks, nine bucks. Um, <clears throat> shortly after, I just remember Candy walking up to me, uh, another stripper, and she was she was the top one, two of dancers. Owned real estate, Mercedes Benz, um, the cutest outfits, the cutest. Um, bedazzles around her neck everything you name it anyhow she approached me and she said you really need to try this it will make you feel beautiful and i said what what is it and she's like well we call it cocaine here and so um and so that was it i was now a dancer at a local strip club i was consuming cocaine I was making $1,300 a night. I was still working at Home Depot, mixing paint. And gosh, I I don't even know how I used to work all night till 3am and then start at Home Depot at like 7am. All I remember that eventually it got to a point in my life where I was recruiting customers to come spend their money at the local strip club. Wow. I know.
0: So how did you get yourself out of that?
1: How did I get myself out of that? <clears throat> um, I remember towards the end. So I did the whole dancing and cocaine for about two years of my life. And I just remember towards the end, um, my mom started questioning me, like, where are you? Where are you? And why are you... Um, remodeling the home where are you getting the money how much is Home Depot paying you and she's like I'm praying for you and so around that time the drugs took a toll on me removing my clothes took a toll on me this is a fully nude strip club Mm -hmm. Um, it, it took a toll on me emotionally physically psychologically um i started to question a lot about my faith and my values well i had no values at that time but i was just crying i remember having this stack of money next to me driving home on the 101 to the 110 and i just it and i i just remember those nights of crying home driving down the 110 and i wanted to stop i just didn't know how And so one night I got online, you know, the chat rooms and stuff, and I started talking to this guy, and we exchanged pictures, and we started talking, and eventually we met at the Torrance Beach, and um, the moment I saw him, I fell in love with him, Mm -hmm. and he asks me, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, well, I'm a stripper and I like to do cocaine. And he was like, you know, you're a really nice girl and you're beautiful, but I can't talk to you anymore. He's like, don't call me no more. So from the moment I saw him, I was I was immediately attracted to him. Um, He was dark skinned. He was hairy. He was from Egypt. Um, nothing like anything I saw in Wilmington, no cholos, no, no tattoos, you know, he was just foreign, yeah, <laughs> exotic to me. So after I told him that, um, I want to say a week had passed and I called him back, Mike, and I said, I quit, I quit stripping. I quit the drugs. I want to be with you. I like you. I think I said, I love you, but it, you know, it wasn't love. It was infatuation. Yeah, sure. Nonetheless, um, because of him, I stopped.
0: Mm. So how did you get into the uh, college?
1: Yes. So this man that I was deeply in love with, right, from like day one, um, I learned that he was from a very educated family, a different socioeconomic class. <clears throat> and he planted that seed. education and so um, he's definitely my angel my key Um, because of him um, and because of his um, support I've since then earned a GED an associates from Harvard College a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Cal State Dominguez and a master's degree and public policy from Cal State Long Beach. So, um, all of this that I'm sharing, um, after, gosh, 13 years, I decided to write it all down.
0: So that you're working on a book.
1: I am, I'm, I'm working on a book, it's an autobiography because, you know, this, this whole adventure has not been easy. Um, There's been um, thoughts of suicide. There's been um, thoughts of quitting. There's been plenty of tears shed. Um, I have since found um, my faith. Um, I have, with that, I have since been forgiven. Um, I am a faith-based woman and um, I'm still here. That's good. I'm here, and I'm excited, and, um, and but, you know, there's still a lot of trauma sure. I have to address. There's still a lot of pain. There's still, um, there's still a lot of responsibilities.
0: That's always going to be there. There's always something, you know, you go on to the next phase of your life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first it's you, and then it's you. Your friends and your children, your own children, and, you know, and yeah. then it's your grandchildren. You oh, know, my
1: goodness. Which is where
0: I'm at now, so, you know. <laughs>
1: That's exciting, isn't it? It is. It
0: is. I got I got five grandkids. Wow. Um, you remember Vanessa, my yes. daughter. You know, she just had her first one. She's 40 now. Wow. And my other daughter, Veronica, you know her? Yes. She has two.
1: Oh, my goodness. You know, and
0: my son, Michael, has two.
1: Wow. So... That's it's, awesome. It's a whole
0: different life. It's, uh, you know, I've gone through the cycle myself. You know? Wow. I've had thoughts of suicide. I've had yeah. all this kind of, you know, am I doing the right thing? Is this, you know? Yeah. I, I, I never got to go work in a strip club, but, you know, <laughs> you know what can I say? Anyway, I really, uh, tell me more about your book. You, when, when do you think you'll be done with this?
1: So I'll tell you what I'm working on. Um, I decided because I truly believe in the power of storytelling. Uh-huh. Um, and after speaking to my campus and my direct supervisor, we decided to create a program, a storytelling series, in which January 21st, 2020, I will be reading chapter one um, at Cal State Dominguez. And so I'm as of right now, I will only be reading three chapters. So uh, chapter one's in January, which is all about my hometown, Wilmington, my upbringing, um, sharing earliest memories of trauma and joy, um, as well as, uh, those initial family values that were bestowed on me. Chapter two is all about Sapphire. This is the stripper, the blonde, Uh, the, the, the free spirited, the one who didn't care about anything. Um, chapter three is all about my Egyptian lover. Uh Um, and so in April, I believe that we will begin um, selling the book, um, and so we'll do some book signings later this year, but it's definitely a project because I've been working on it, gosh, for four years, Mike. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been something that I just decided upon. Um, you know, sharing about yourself and, and exposing or, or being vulnerable, however you wanna say it, Um, it's not easy and um, in the beginning there was a lot of shame Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um, I had to go through a lot of um, there was a lot of um, questioning about my identity um, who I am who I was who I am today um, people's assumptions and perceptions we know that there's power and and there's you know millions of people and there's a million interpretations of my story, but um, it wasn't until I said, "Liz, this is who you are. Own it. Fuck what people think. You're 36 years old. It's time. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. You know how loving you are. Um, but you know I come from Wilmington, and Wilmington mm-hmm. has a reputation, and. And I don't care anymore because what I've seen firsthand is that although there's a reputation, there's so much talent here. There's a
0: lot of success stories. A lot. You're one of them. Thank
1: you, Mike. There's a lot of culture here. There's love. There's. It's just I feel like we need more access Mm -hmm. to information for our youth. Um, more access of education more empowerment more student leadership development Um, I'm hopeful that
0: and that's where you go back to your program the trio program because they helped you get through college and set your goals and everything and now I see you doing that with younger kids yeah that's it's so weird for me to think because I remember you when you're so young I know so (laughs) weird for me to think of uh, you working with kids because I still see you as a
1: I know, and I just, and I, I have those fond memory, um, memories of just seeing Mike Herrera, and he was just positive, loving, encouraging, high fives. He was just you, you know. Now you're sitting in front of me, and we're talking, and I'm just, I'm, I feel like this is all. Um, now I want to tell you that I've rediscovered who I am, and that. It's okay to share it with people. It's okay to be open about it. I respect that some people aren't ready, and that's fine. But there's so much, um, I, I want to say that when we share our struggles in, 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 in spaces where we trust one another or where we can be open to trusting, when we share those struggles, we produce strength together. And that's what I'm doing with this whole storytelling. It's going to be very clear that this space of me and the audience of three, 300 people, um, this is a space where I want to share something personal and that I'm hoping that they will reflect on their own narratives and they will reflect on their own stories um, where then they can find strength from within and then help the human sitting next to them because that's what we need right now. We need more encouragement. We need more more acts of kindness. We need more smiles. Sure. Just smiling. The power of a smile. The power of greeting each other and saying, Hey, good morning. That's it. But I get it. There's a lot going on in our lives.
0: Well I really want to thank you for being here today. Yeah, this has been a great, a great story, and it's not over. I thank know you. it's gonna have, there's gonna be more, and I'd like to have you back again. If, you know, when you're done with your book.
1: Oh my goodness, I'd love to come back, um, Mike. I don't know what's gonna happen with this book. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future
0: so you're gonna you're still gonna talk to us when you're rich and famous oh is my goodness it? i don't
1: you know I'll, i have these wild visions and i just no matter where life takes me um i will always come back home
0: so we we'll that's cool elizabeth thank you very much for being here
1: no problem like thank you for having me i'm walking down the avenue i'm savages in the
0: alley not even kind of cool Nah, in my position, in my socks sing, i see prison, open my third prison, I'm closing both of my eyes, invite the soul in the rhythm So sweet and suckle so cool and listen to the lo-fi Yo listen to the lo-fi Even the happiest I often let my soul cry So my soul dies Smooth Smooth Dance. 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 Let me something to vibe
1: What's up give me something with Vibe, Make sure that it's good don't interrupt the high but soul let me Smooth. something with soul Damn. Damn, what's up, what's up? Yeah. Let me something with give me something with vibe
0: five. Five. Make sure that it's good, don't interrupt the high I'm a jewel in the rubble Missing a piece of the puzzle But I'm missing a muscle Missing and weak in the jungle My tunnel vision headed to the
1: top Better the funnel, clean catch up Run with it And I hoping I don't fumble And
0: hoping I don't stumble And hoping I don't <laughs>